0: As I walk the road from Kilishandra Weary I sit down For it's twelve long miles around Time it takes to reach my cavern girl, so fair. The autumn shades are on the leaves, the trees will soon be bare. Each red coat leaves Again, I sigh for the broken pool of sky reminds the color of her eyes. At the cavern cross each Sunday morning, it's there she can. Found, And she seems to have the eye of every boy in Cavern Town. If my love will hold, I'll have the golden summer of her smile. And to break the hearts of Cavern Men, she'll talk to me a while on so next Sunday evening, finds me homeward till it shall rebound to our Sunday morning Rouse myself And back to Her I go
1: country roads take me home to the place i belong west virginia mountain mama take me home country I belong, West Virginia. Virginia, mountain mama. Take me home, country roads. All my memories gather round her, minors, lady stranger to blue water. Dark and dusty. Hated on the sky, misty taste of moonshine, tear drops in my country roads. Take me home to the place I belong. West Virginia, Mountain Mama, take me home, country roads. Voice. In the morning hours she calls me Radio reminds me of my home far away And driving down the road I get a feeling That I should have been home Yesterday, yesterday Country roads take me home To the place I've been Mountain mama, take me home, country
2: road. Thank you for the days, those endless days, those sacred days you gave me. I'm thinking of the days I won't forget a single day, believe me. I blessed the light, I blessed the light, but lights on you, believe me. Now you're gone, you're with me every single day, believe me. Days I'll remember all my life. Days when you can't see wrong from right You took my life But then I knew that very soon you'd leave me But it's all right Now I'm not fighting of this world, believe me I wish today could be tomorrow The night is dark It just brings sorrow, then it rains Those endless days, those sacred days you gave me. I'm thinking of the days. I don't regret a single day. Believe me, days I'll remember all my life. Days when you can't see wrong from right. You took my life. That very soon you'd leave me But it's all right Now I'm not frightened of this world Believe me Thank you for today Those endless days Those sacred days you gave That lights on you, believe me. And though you're gone, you're with me every single
3: day, believe me. Ah, there you go. Thank you for the days, there, Kenny. That was um Luke Kelly there, and just before that, we had uh, Colin Wilkinson. Uh, a man known very well around these parts, of course. Uh, former Ireland Person of the Year for in um, in Toronto. You and I attended that big event and I kicked it off there with barley corn and Cavan girls. Good morning, Kenny. How are you doing today? I'm great, Mark. How are things with yourself? Oh, very good. Very good. I know we were doing some testing earlier on. So um, uh, I'm sure that our listeners will be fast to let us know that you might be coming across a little bit low. And um, I suppose as we move into phase three here, Ken, we may start getting together so we can do this in person again. So that'll be wonderful. The quality, the quality will be off the radar after that.
4: Uh, indeed, indeed. But look, this is what it is. And we'll, uh, we'll put up with it uh, to remain safe, as everybody's trying to do. Sure, maybe it's not too bad once in a while that I'm kept quiet. Anyway, yeah, there be a lot
3: of people advocating for that. Actually, we get I get a lot of comments uh, through social media about that. Maybe going
4: trying to go trying to go solo, but I can't quit you, Kenny. I can't quit you. Ah, uh, no, of course, nor me, you, pal, nor me, you. <laughs> so um, I don't suppose you're watching. Uh, your, your television midweek there, did you see anything um, Here we go. special special during the middle of the week? Here we go, I, I wasn't actually, Kenny,
3: I was busy out doing a bit of gardening now to be honest, And uh, but, but listen, uh, congratulations um, to uh, you and to your wonderful uh, football
4: team there, Liverpool, big win. Big win and uh, it was great to see them lifting the big trophy there, Mark, yeah, uh um, <laughs> You know, I I know our pal Damien Bates, who who normally listens in uh, down south of us there, was a a very happy man as well. And uh, there's a bunch of our listeners, I have to say, that uh, we're sending notes around. So there's not just myself and Damien. There's lots more that are big Liverpool fans. So a big shout-out to all the Liverpool fans that are uh, around Canada and, of course, across the water in Ireland as well, that uh, finally we got to lift that big trophy. So... The uh, the pressure's on you now, pal. See if Spurs can uh, maybe get up into that top four next year. Ah,
3: wished. Listen, um, uh, hey. By the way, later on today, uh, and I uh, this will be uh, this is this is going to be interesting. Now, Paul Smith will be joining us, and uh, he's he's currently the uh, general manager of Home Farm there. And uh, yes. play, he played a bit with home farm as well, but um, I, I didn't know. I didn't kind of set it up this way, but uh, that you'll be ganging up on me because he's a massive pool fan as well, pal.
4: Well, that is wonderful news. Maybe we could just <laughs> drop you and just continue to talk about yeah all the Liverpool glory, you know.
3: Yeah, that that might happen anyway because I'll have to go and get sick. Listen to Tui, so we'll see. But no, it was. Um, it was an unusual um, it, 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 they actually did quite a good job with the celebration I thought it, it felt like it felt like um, they, they didn't seem to tone back the celebration in any way because the crowd wasn't there. they, they seemed to the reaction just seemed to be just as good as if, as if they were in front of their fans. So uh, however they simulated that they have to say they did a great job. It didn't take away from the occasion I thought in any way. so it was very good.
5: Yeah,
4: I, I would agree. It's A little strange. In fact, uh, you know, we should mention, too, uh, for all the Leeds United fans that are out there, a big congratulations to them, too, winning the uh, championship. And I did note that they celebrated a little differently. They actually brought uh, open top bus out front of the stadium and for a few minutes had the players up on that. Lift the trophy and then kind of disappear off into the uh, to the night, but left all the fans there celebrating again in Leeds. Which uh, I don't know. Um, there could be a little rise in in COVID in in both those cities yeah. um, in the next week while. So hopefully people are, are are trying to stay safe as best they can. I know all the clubs were saying, look at stay home, celebrate at home. So good. Well, and. Uh...
3: I know tomorrow is the last day, but uh, oh, there's a, there's a lot on the line tomorrow. It's great that a few other things, maybe not the title, but a few other things have come down to the last day tomorrow. So all the games kick off at 11 a.m. our time, of course, over here. And, uh, you know, there's a there's a few decent tilts up at the top. Uh, United, Chelsea, Leicester, uh, one of those won't be happy tomorrow anyway. And uh, uh, Tottenham and Wolves are, are battling for that last place in Europa, I think, as well. And I think there's some relegation
4: stuff going on. So there's a few decent games going on tomorrow. Um, oh, there's a lot. Yeah, yeah, a lot on the line tomorrow, which will be uh, great. All the games are on at the exact same time, so there'll be uh, there could be a fair bit of uh, flicking channels around just to see what's what's happening and, and having the phone and computer at the at the ready. Brilliant. Good stuff. Listen, uh, just moving on from. Uh, uh, Soccer there for a minute, anyway. Uh, we, we'll talk lots more of that with with uh, with Paul Smith later on. But um, I suppose we should be given a big shout out uh, up down, as they say. There was a huge news there last night. I don't know if you caught it, but um, Kira McGeehan has become the first Irish woman to break the two minute mark over eight hundred meters. Did you uh, did you catch that in Burn last night? I did not. No. But you're so, the yeah, massive you're the best man for this type of stuff. Go on. What happened? Uh, there you go? I, you know like uh, you know people now uh, like uh, we just mentioned Damien off the top, but uh, been an athletics man, and I know you've mentioned it before in the program. Um, you know he'd be, he'd be absolutely thrilled with that, but sure we all would, would jump on this too as, as supporters of, of our Irish athletes. Mm. She's a 28 year old and uh, she actually also broke the Northern Ireland uh, record. Um, who she finished first in a strong field. So she won the gold medal last night, wow. which is pretty amazing. It's um It was her first race since February, and she's just feeling like she's in, in top shape. So imagine if that was a gold in Tokyo, which oh. shouldn't have been on at this time. You know, I was just thinking that, and, of course,
3: that, that was supposed to be going on right now, right? Yeah, it's incredible. It's good for her.
4: That's fantastic, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, great news. We might have to see if we can get... Uh, Kira on the program and uh, and have a chat and congratulate her because the um, well, all the big athletes Sonia Sullivan they're all jumping on the bandwagon here and congratulating her over the, uh, the social media so great news altogether for uh, for Kira and uh, our heartfelt congratulations go out to her yeah absolutely congratulations is right wow. Um, I see that uh, there's a, a documentary that folks might be uh, interested in coming up on RTE, so wherever you get your, your, your fix on, on an RTE channel, if you will, uh, there's a documentary called Sean, and it's all about Sean Boylan, Mark. Oh, uh, wow. Mead legend, and it's going to kind of take uh, his life as a, as a young lad and, and go all the way through. He coached. And managed Mead for 23 years through the uh, the 80s and 90s. And uh, quite the record there for uh, for Mead, obviously. Um, bringing them to, well, uh, oh, steering them to what? All-Ireland uh, Senior Football champion, yeah. Championships. Three league crowns, eight Leinster honours. So yeah, should be a good one. That's uh, going on on RT on the 6th of August. So maybe check out the player, uh, the RT player. I'm sure that will be on there and, and folks can... Uh, can have a look at that that would be uh, a great story well ken just before good an interesting
3: story just before i emigrated here um i worked for a year and a half uh, at an agricultural college in meath called warrenstown and uh, i ran the sports programs there that the, the the lads playing the hurling and the football uh primarily and uh sean boylan was there quite often um it was run by the um, uh, it was run by the, by the priests actually the the entire uh, agriculture and horticultural college there. So he was there quite often. Uh, he was a very very religious man, and um, he, he w- went there to um, uh, to do a lot of his uh, to do a lot of his praying before the big games. Nice. He would go and talk to the priests, and he would you know ask them to you know maybe say a kind prayer for him. And uh, of course they were an awful thorn in the dub side back in those days, and they had some some incredible tilts, but. Yeah, you also have to reflect on the quality of the team that he had uh, to operate with. We've had Bernard Flynn on here a couple of times. He'd know Sean very well and, and uh one of the best forwards in the in the country at the time. But colin O'Rourke, um you had McIntyre it, it was a ver it was a loaded team. And then you had a full back line there that had um um I think it was Mick Lyons uh but but an absolute a really, really talented team that they had. And you go back and you look at it, and they're all—they were all household names in need. So I really look forward to that one. I didn't know
4: that was coming. So good man, good bit of sleuthing there. There you go. That's uh, that's coming up as uh, as I mentioned. That's on the sixth of August. So keep an eye out for that at ten past ten Irish time, of course, and uh, you'll catch that. I, I'm pretty sure you'll be able to catch that on the player. So uh, brilliant. Have a look out. We'll probably try and remind you of that again before uh, before August. Hard to believe we're almost into August. Oh, I know. I know. But, uh, so there you go. A um, couple of club uh, results, Mark. Oh, um, is Milan lie? happy? Uh, Mr. Ger Milan, or pal, will not be happy. Oh, no. Kilmalek took down the Piership uh, 216-117. to 117. Wow. That's yeah. uh, Will not be uh, too pleased with that. It was, uh, it was an interesting photograph there showing the uh, Kilmaik players at the uh, at halftime, and they, the banished door giving the, uh, the the halftime talk up in the stands. So, because, of course, they can't be using the dressing rooms, right? Oh, right, right. Yeah. Oh, that's some... so. Oh, that's yeah. That's where it is uh, over in Waterford. Um, Ballygunner chasing a seventh title in a row. They uh, they were turning it on against uh, Talbot. 22 to 9 points there. Um, so that was big. And uh, in Clare, uh, Lara, they were uh, 19 to 114 against Newmarket on Fergus. All right. uh, over in Wexford, St. Martin's booked their spot in the uh, quarterfinals with a 23 to 15 uh, victory over Clockbond um and what else do we have there uh St Finbars uh down in Cork there 113 to Balancholic uh 10 points and Nemo Rangers 3-8 to Valley Rovers 1-9 all so right. there's uh some club stuff that was going on last night
3: all around right buddy.
4: The, around the country
3: well, hopefully none of those games become overshadowed with some um, some COVID uh, outbreaks as a result of those games. So fingers crossed that uh, that's all been executed uh, to everybody's satisfaction. But it's great to see the games back on and just going back to we got a photo there from Jer. He was uh, he was up and down a pint there in Dunebeg and uh, watching the games on uh, on the TV. So I guess TG Carr and a few of the a few of the channels are carrying the games over there, which is fantastic people can start watching uh, live uh, Gaelic games again. So it's wonderful.
4: Yeah, there's I think there's a choice there, even on the telly and, and a bit of streaming. And I also see that, uh, I think through the same group, the um, which will start up this week, is the, the FAI, the League of Ireland, will be back on starting on the 31st of July. And a lot of the clubs, their, their games will be streamed too because, of course, the limitation on fans going there. So uh, it's good for the outstreaming streaming services and, and a bit of telly, even though it could be at some games only one camera, uh, just to, to again, to keep within the guidelines. But um, huh. all of the uh, the League of Ireland on their shortened season will uh, will start up uh, this uh, this coming uh, Friday. Super, super. Well, we only really refer to one of the guests that
3: we have on today, uh, Paul Smith. He'll be joining us at, at 1130 4:30 uh, Irish time, and then um, uh, after uh, Paul will be joined by Pat King, um, the uh, maestro accordion player. Uh, Pat has played all over the world at Irish dancing, uh, uh, Irish dance uh, events, and uh, looking forward to having him share a story or two about uh, about his adventures and uh, and indeed how he's been holding up here during during COVID. I'm on Facebook with him, so I um, uh, I follow him a little bit. And uh and and a great interview, Ken, with uh Lisa Canny uh from AO and uh, and DJ. Tell us a little bit about that. You um you were you were able to connect with them yesterday actually, we had to record it.
4: Yeah, they uh Lisa ran into uh you know what, even if you're at the top of the charts and um <laughs> I'm sure Lisa won't mind me saying it, but uh, you're you're out there and you're writing songs and performing uh, big, big songs, uh, <laughs> going to the top of the charts, your brother can call you up and ask you to do a babysitting job. <laughs> and, and so uh, that conflicted with our live program. So Lisa and and DJ Edmund, um, Lisa was calling in. Actually, she was uh, up in Kildare uh, when she called in, but she's from Mayo. Uh, and, and DJ is, uh, living in, uh, he's over there in Bristol, um, kind of grew up half in, in Maryland in the United States and, and in Bristol, England. And the two of them uh, were very generous with their time and we had a great old chat. So you'll be able to hear that a little bit later on. Their project called Mom is, uh, is out there making big waves in the, in the music scene. Lisa is a seven time all Ireland, uh, champion, so uh, on, on harp and, and banjo, fabulous musician. And you, mm. can, you can check them out on, on social media as well. Um, but you'll hear all of that through the, uh, through the interview. And, uh, and a big thank you to uh, Carolyn McAdulte, who had turned me on to that band. And uh, there you go. We've played you? their music before, and we'll be playing it again today.
3: Yeah, we'll have some, some tunes from them. Um, I'm going to go on here with a bit of music, Ken. Uh, a bit of a request come in during the week. Um, my local MP here is um, is uh, the man himself, our good friend James Maloney. And, and James. Um, anyway, James had um, a certain person in his life who had a little birthday during the week. Uh, a lady by the name of Deirdre that you might know as well, Ken. And uh, indeed, he made. A, I, I I threw it out there and gave him an option for a tune that he wanted us to kind of play and you know he 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 fought he fought off the the need to to play his this, that that silly song he always asks us to play <laughs> of Maloney getting punched in the nose so we're not playing that one uh, he did pick a great song though he wanted to dedicate uh this to um uh, to Deirdre um and it's a uh, it's a Liam Clancy song called The Orchard and I don't know if I ever told you that uh, we have a bit of a family connection to Liam Clancy uh it's not really a family connection but Anyway, Liam Clancy, um, uh, after traveling in the U.S. for quite a while, he, he got fascinated by timber-framed houses, believe it or not. And he decided to build a timber-framed house uh, down in, um, I believe it was in South Tipperary area in Waterford at the time. And he bought all the timber off my dad down at, up at Abilique Sommels there, Ken. Anyway, here is a song called uh, The Orchard.
6: was nigh harvest time I crossed the orchard wall The moon was bright and the apple's ripe upon the ground did fall We filled our sacks. And we made our way back More adventure still to find In an orchard Need the comrades In the sweet dungar from time I crossed the orchard wall Just thirteen. It was, I think, to be my first dream of cider and allergy. I remember well it tasted like hell, and I hoped the pain would end soon. the comrades in the sweet dungar of the moon And when I was twenty-one years old I married an there. The apple Looked better In her hair And when The day Was over We danced away Night through the tree In an orchard Neither comrade in the sweet dung and I made one four children grown and my eyes. Is long since gone. My days were good as well
5: they should,
6: but it's time that I passed on. And when I die, I want to lie beneath the will. Orange in, trees in an orchard. a notch neath the and the sweet and sea And when I'm gone, may I be one with the air. the land and the foe, in an orchard, near the commons, in my sweet ungarven home.
7: The family-owned pub has been charming patrons since, well, last century, and as a result attracts some of the GTA's greatest Irish characters. Known far and wide for its chef-designed menu and traditional Irish music, it's also Toronto's home of Gaelic games live from Ireland on the big screens. You can like them on Facebook, and you're sure to like them in person. Visit thegalwayarms.ca to view daily specials. The Galway Arms, your home away from home and not too far from home at 838 The Queensway in Etobicoke. Call 416-251-0096. Make a date and make it for the Galway Arms.
4: Very good, folks. Well, I am delighted to be joined on the line this morning by Lisa Canney and DJ Edmund. They are now the members of MOM, which we will get into in a second. Lisa, I'm uh, delighted to say, is calling in from Kildare, but born and bred, as she says on her website, from Mayo. And DJ is calling in from Bristol, England, um, but I believe a little bit of uh, American background, maybe Maryland, and we'll get into uh, to some of that. You're both very welcome to Keologa's Crack. How are you doing?
8: Good. Thanks very much for having us, Ken.
4: Thanks very much, Ken. Well, we're certainly uh, delighted to, to have you on. I, I have to say, I was introduced to the, the MOM project by one of our listeners and uh, was just thrilled to hear this sound that's coming out of you where uh, we've played your, your Come By Me track on the program already, but we'll certainly be playing it out here today again. Uh, fantastic uh, piece of music and really looking forward to some more of that music coming out of you. How did you come together? This is trad music meets kind of gospel is what I'm hearing or reading <laughs>
8: Yeah. Um, We came together in London about four years ago. Um, We both individually uh, moved to London uh, without knowing each other, obviously, in the same week, would you believe? And um, we ended up renting studios right beside each other in the studio building in Battersea. Um, And i just kind of used to hear the music coming out of dj's room and just thought it was class and um really wanted to get to know him and and his music so we kind of met friends but i think dj always tells a story that i just knocked on the door one day and was like right let's make some music together and um yeah. and that was really the beginning of it so yeah. you know I, I kind of brought my my background in trad i grew up playing trad music and i did the tours for many years, like Celtic uh, Crossroads and the Young Islanders, in the states and in Canada. There, we toured for six or seven years with with those shows, and and was coming from that background. And um, as it turns out, as I, I found out, Deed came from a really uh, a deep interest and um, involvement in church music, um, both in Bristol and in Maryland. So we were both coming from very traditional. Um, foundations but, but both uh, attempting to kind of get more into the pop world and, and write more commercial stuff so when we put the two together with the one aim of writing something pop that's where mom came out of basically
4: Brilliant, brilliant, well it is a great sound DJ you, uh, you aligned with this story of how you met or was this just uh, this, this Irish woman banging on the door here from, you know, <laughs> what the heck is going on?
9: Well, I think it's definitely both. I mean, from my side, it was you know this uh, this crazy crazy Irish woman just really wanting to make some music and and really having a lot of fire in her belly. But um, you know, as we as we kind of kept going and, and making more music, we really found a a, a centering point that, that both, even though the quite opposite sides of the spectrum, um, with our traditional sounds, there was a uh, a lot of uh cohesion in the chord structures of the music, um, even with the ancient folk songs and with the old hymns. And so we tried to play on that. And the more we g- got deeper in it, we saw that this whole world kind of opened up with folk and country and gospel. And we, we were set to both go to London to make pop music. And so we just took that, we just took our history and we took our traditions and put them together. And like um, Lisa said, mom was, the, mom birthed out of that.
4: And DJ, was there was there any Irishness around you at all before you you bumped into Lisa were, were you familiar with trad music I mean I don't know um, so
9: so yes and no I mean so some of the uh the productions that Lisa was a part of I, I those types of productions I grew up watching in America and on PBS growing up and, and different things like that So, throughout the course of my life I, I I would find out especially talking with Lisa um, that we had, uh, I had some kind of divine intervention with the Irish people throughout my entire life, with through different movies and just my general interests. Um, I, I played rugby and, and and different things like that. And the banjo really resonated with me. Lisa's such an amazing banjo player, so uh, I I did have a lot um, a lot of things, but it came together when I met Lisa. It all started to make sense.
4: Very good. Um... Was it Maryland you were born in, and now you're in Bristol, or:
9: No, the other way around, actually. So I, I, I was born in Bristol, um, and then I at a young age, I moved to America and grew up in, in Maryland and graduated high school and I came back to England. And so i kind of been there ever since. I kind of split straight down the middle, um, I won't say how many years each, but I split straight down the middle <laughs> on both sides, on both sides of the pond.
4: Brilliant! Very good. Now um, we we need to let people know here, Lisa. You're not hmm. just uh, a traditional background here. You're seven time All Ireland champion yep. banjo and harp. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Tell us a little bit about that. And, and... <laughs>
8: um, yeah, yeah. I just I think I just became trad mad, and there's there's loads of loads of um friends of mine that would have kind of grown up, grown in, up. in the same. Theme. And I just started playing very young, and then got involved in the Flak Yole And as I'm sure you're well aware of, it, it's it's in Canada now as well, and and all over all over the states, and in fact the world. It's a big it's a big thing now. Um, it's a, a festival that sees about three hundred thousand people descend upon some poor town in ireland it was in saigo as well a couple of years ago i
4: was i went back for it i was there Did was you? yeah yeah it's flag. 2015
8: the flag, yeah the fly is brilliant um and uh, for people who don't know it's basically um kind of centered around these competitions you do under 12 under 15 under 18 and then senior and you start in your county if you get first or second in your county you move up to your province same with the province then you move up to the all ireland so to get to an all ireland is a big deal and then to to take home um first place is is a great is a great achievement for for a musician so I was lucky enough and god damn it I was I was I was determined enough anyway obviously <laughs> as a 10 year old and 11 year old to try and bring home a medal or two so um I uh, I stuck with it and um yeah over the years over my competing years I brought home seven seven firsts luckily enough
4: well, that's pretty uh, pretty outstanding, to say the least. Uh, <laughs> um, legend. A legend, for sure. I, I think you'd be going down in the, the histories of the flak, yo, uh, oh for gosh. sure.
8: You
4: <laughs> know about uh, that now. So, and then you, you went on and, and started recording um, your own music, but uh, doing a lot of covers. You had an EP out called Freedom in 2018,
8: yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Um I did the trad thing, as Deidre was saying, and did, you know all the the big productions for years. And um, all the while, I I was I had done a master's in ethnomusicology, and I'd kind of explored tune composition and contemporary composition within Irish music, and it kind of opened my eyes to songwriting a little bit. And from there, I ended up in um, Ascap's annual songwriters retreat. It's a random story, but that really kind of opened up my eyes to songwriting in a more commercial um, market. And that's when I started exploring that. And I, I kind of hung up my Irish music touring boots for a while and focused on that. And that was the decision then to move to London. Um, and I've, yeah, kept, kept that up, as has DJ. We, we both have our own solo projects going as well, which are um, slightly different to the mom thing. Um, and I've been kind of working on that for the last few years. But COVID and being at home, has really given us the opportunity to focus on mom because all my tours have been cancelled um all of the recording and and gigging in in london have all have all been postponed so um it really gave us the time to go okay now now we can focus on mom for a little while and um we're, we're delighted for that if anything
9: yes for sure
4: yeah, it's uh, you know we 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 bring on guests from uh, you know whether it's Irish uh, in from Ireland or or here in Canada Irish people in in Canada who are musicians and live artists, in particularly have been hit really hard through COVID and and you know that is kind of one of the big questions is what have you been doing whether you're songwriting or or you know filling in the gaps are you doing anything. Other than, say, the songwriting, the focus on mom, have you been doing anything online in terms of shows for any of your fans?
8: Um, I, I've done the odd. I attempted a few live feeds when I moved. I came back to Mayo for the, for the, for the uh, lockdown because I live in London normally. Right. And I attempted a few live feeds with the Mayo Wi-Fi and uh, three attempts in, I said, no more. <laughs> Because it was just not able it was not able um and I tried different different people's houses and everything cousins houses and stuff and it wasn't happening so I said okay maybe not so I've done a few I did one with so far sounds that worked out okay um but for the most part it's uh it's not really feasible to be doing it um we really focused in on mom I've done a bit of, of writing and other things and spending time with friends and family and kind of having an excuse to get out of the rat race in London has been delightful in so many ways, you know, Right. Um, Mm -hmm. cause you kind of have to stay, stay in it. If you're, if you're aiming for that kind of, you know, um, career, you have to kind of always be there and be active and be present and be ready. And there isn't an awful lot of time to kind of chill out and, and take a break. So this gave me, anyway, um, a great a great chance to to do that. Um, I don't know what what you would say, Deej.
9: Um, yeah, I mean, same for same for me. It's, it's been it's been one of those things where the the, the gigging thing online isn't necessarily ideal. Um, I'm sure if it, if it prolongs, we'll have to make a way. But if, if mom was to do it, we would love to try and give the fans something really special in that regard, since they've kind of been sitting on Come By Me for a while. Our first time performing this song, we want to really make it special for them. Um, so that's really what I'm looking forward to. So hopefully, um, you know, in the, in the next few months or early next year, we can get out there and not yeah. really have to worry about some overproduction thing online. Even though that might be where the future lies, anyway. Yeah,
8: who knows?
4: Well, well, I tell you, uh, seeing you on, on a bit of social media there, you you do give your fans a bit of something special now, DJ. Don't be holding back on these dancing moves with the. the <laughs> <and> stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, there's, there's, been some,
9: there's been some serious some um, some serious ups and da- ups and downs with with the whole dancing thing with me online, but uh, hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully, no one <laughs> was injured in the process.
8: Okay, everyone needs to go and watch it. Everyone, yeah, needs to go and definitely do. To watch that video. Yeah, um, go watch it. And let us know what you think.
4: They do, <laughs> and and you've got quite the following. That you know, it's great to see other people coming in with their uh, renditions of the dance. And I, we should let uh, yeah. people know too if people haven't seen the video for come by me you've done this to the uh the dirty dancing uh video how how did that come about how do you uh get to use that i suppose for...
8: um it, again it kind of came out of you know i i came home from london and was doing two weeks quarantine um away from mum and dad i.e at the other side of the house and was kind of thinking what am i going to do with myself for for the next while so um, I suppose it's kind of when you're pushed into, into a corner of not knowing and not having any resources or anything you, you end up searching for things you wouldn't have normally gone for and I literally just spent a few hours one morning trying to find a visual that would go with the, with the song to, to, to release a little teaser and see how it went um, and we had kind of done something similar for other, for other things before so we were running with the same team and Dirty Dancing is, was always my favourite uh, movie growing up I know every line and every dance and I've tried the lift a million times and failed um so I went I think I went pretty quickly to see if that would work and we just I just couldn't believe it I was like in my room dancing away around to it just at how well it fit and I sent it to DJ straight away and the two of us were laughing and, and yeah, yeah having, having a great time with us so it really was just like that. It was accidental in a lot of ways. I, I had intended to try and find something that would work, but I had no expectation I'd find something that worked that well. So, um, so yeah, we just, we, we borrowed it from church dancing. <laughs> yeah. We it. yeah, that's what uh, we'll go with.
4: Brilliant, brilliant. Well, it does. It works extremely well, and uh, and it is great to see people taking, uh, taking it up then on social media and, and starting mm. to get their own thing. You must get great pleasure out of seeing some of the videos coming across to you.
9: Oh, yeah. It's been, it's been absolutely great that uh, people seem to be emotionally invested in the song, you know, obviously because it came out during quarantine, people have spent a lot of time with it and uh, they really are, are getting it. And because of s- certain things that happened in the, in the social climate, uh, the, the, mom, the mom dynamic has helped as well. And, and people are starting to see things a little bit beyond just how it sounds and kind of listening to the words and seeing how we interacting with them that uh there might be a little brighter future ahead um with with the music and and with mom and uh, especially and and a
4: congratulations too i i believe i read that you've got the maybe even now surpassed it with the hundred thousand mark on spotify yes.
8: right? we did yesterday yeah it just just under six weeks old so we are Shocked and delighted at the response. Yeah,
9: super grateful. The response has been absolutely amazing. Um, we we have a small we have a small uh, little fan base there, but they they're really pushing and, and really spreading the word. And um, thanks for like callers that have called into you guys and, and, and spreading mm-hmm. the word. We're really appreciative.
4: Yeah, it's great. You know, when people start spreading it like that and it goes, you know, viral. I mean, look at your numbers are going to go through the roof after this interview as well. So you're you're gonna going to be huge. <laughs> Looking forward
9: to
8: it. <laughs> we'll, but, we'll come well, over and gig then. We'll be absolutely. Over gig in, uh, Toronto.
4: Yes, don't forget us now. You know, a lot of people, uh, of course, go to America, but don't forget Canada. I know, I know you've both been here, and DJ, beforehand you were uh, you were telling us that you've got family out here uh, in, in the um, Toronto area.
9: Oh, yes, definitely, definitely. I spent a lot of time uh, growing up. Uh, my, my father is a preacher man. And uh, he, he's, he's quite well known in what they call the, the curry goat circuit, uh, which is all the Jamaican di- diaspora around the, uh, um, North America. Uh, so obviously Canada, we have a lot of uh, church family in Toronto and Mississauga and Brampton and everything. So I spent a lot of summers uh, coming up to Toronto and I spent a lot of time at Carabana downtown and all of that. I love Toronto. Absolutely love Toronto.
4: Yeah, and of course, unfortunately, with the COVID, the the caravana this year uh, right. been canceled, of course. So, uh, big disappointment. It's a huge attraction in our in our city here. So, uh, mm, great, great color yeah. and great festivities when uh, when it comes to town. But uh, we'll have to catch up on that again next year for sure. Next year, I'm um, sure. You've been as well to uh, to Canada with uh, the Young Islanders and Celtic Crossroads. You spent a bit of time in Canada.
8: I have, yeah. I spent plenty of time there. Um, every tour that we did of the States, we also went to Canada. And I was there actually just in February last year as well for Folk Alliance with my own band. Um, so I've um, been over there quite a lot. Yeah, I love it. absolutely love it. It's basically just like a bigger and snowier Ireland in a lot of ways, isn't it? <laughs> it <laughs> is. Faster but... and colder. <laughs>
4: Not now. In the summertime, it's very hot. So uh,
8: yes, yeah, 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 yeah,
4: yeah, Which is yeah. fabulous. We love it. We have to. We have to put up with that winter to get to the summer here. So fair, fair.
8: A little give and take. A little give yeah, and take. Yeah,
4: absolutely. It. Lisa, I keep meaning to ask you actually what part of Mayo. All I can tell is that you're from Mayo, but I haven't seen where. Whereabouts?
8: Oh, I'm from Hollymount, best oh. little town in Mayo. It's between Claremorris and Ballonrobe, South Mayo. Oh, a South great, Mayo! A great football town, of course. Very Lots of good. Mayo players bred bred in our in our green fields. Yeah. Yes,
4: yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Well, my dad is from Ballina, so uh,
8: oh, lovely.
4: Yeah, yeah, we have I have a big big connection to uh, to Mayo. My grandmother's is so and uh, and Mark's it. wife is uh, is Mayo, and all his uh, is, his family on that side. They're all all Mayo people. Oh, wow.
8: So. I uh, you sure the best stock is, you know. Oh, I'll tell
4: you. I'll tell you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, listen, we really appreciate you uh, taking the time out, especially through COVID, and both of you been in, in different locations um, to, to do this. We do want to spread the word for you and, and have Thank this you. mom project uh, hit the highs that you deserve. It's a great sound altogether. So, um, perhaps Thank you
8: so you'll be Thank you. And we have we have new music coming out in, in, uh, in a couple of weeks. We'll be announcing it soon. So we will definitely uh, make sure that you know about that release date as well. And you can um, you can let all the Canadians know.
4: Absolutely. We will we'll promote it as much as possible for you. And um, on social media, we can get you at We Are Rebel Pop. Right. That's uh, that's one of your social handles.
8: That's our social handle for everything. Actually, you'll find us anywhere with at We Are Rebel Pop. Yeah,
4: wonderful. Thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we look forward to uh, to following your uh, your career. And uh, look at we'll we'll see maybe when you come to Toronto. Maybe uh, DG, you can do that lift from Dirty Dancing with uh, Lisa. You know we're working on it. We're
9: working on it already, so it's uh, a few steps ahead of you, can
8: uh, We're actually, but I'm I'm lifting DJ though. That's the way <laughs> yeah.
9: I love it. I
4: love it. Listen, thanks Thank so much. So much. <laughs> Take care of yourselves. Yeah, all right.
8: And bye. God bless. Bye, you. bye
4: bye Take bye care. bye.
9: I fell in love with the other side tonight Someone over there caught my eye In the field of wonders, our blood don't seem to mix Cause it seems my heart and my mind playing tricks, girl I'm ready to let this go if you don't mind me I'm ready to let this go
3: Ah, there you go Kenny a hey, super job in that interview that was um, that was another Lisa Kenny tune there and before that we had uh, we had come by me that uh, was re- that you uh, had uh, brought up in the interview itself but a uh, lovely couple of people'd be great to see them over this side of the pond here sometime
4: soon well done oh thanks Marco yeah it'd be wonderful to uh, to see them coming to to the city once uh, once we're back to uh, what it was I suppose uh, before March. And uh, lovely people, uh, very generous with their time. And uh, we had a great chat even before we got on on air and, and did the recording, too. So they're uh, two genuine characters. And uh, again, people should uh, check them out. You, you'll, you'll know by them um, when you check them out on, on social media. Uh, Lisa, Canny, DJ, Edmund, and on social media, we are Rebel Pop. And it's a, it's a certainly a nice twist on the two traditions that they've, uh, they've said, you know.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and I, I love the way you, I love the way you got out of the, got out of her there. Where, whereabouts in Mayo she was from? Well done, you had to get that in.
4: Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. My indeed, in, my, my in-laws,
3: Mark, uh, my in-laws know that uh, little place uh, quite well, actually. So uh, there you go. Well, well done. Um, cause Kathleen is from Clare Morris and that's just down the road and it is indeed oh, yeah. good football town there now, there's a few stalwarts in that area apparently
4: brilliant brilliant. Yeah. good stuff so, very good um, so you're doing uh, a fab job there on the music, well done there's yeah oh you can talk into the microphone
3: there Kenny go ahead uh, you went dark there for a second. Uh, you must have turned your head or something. What uh, What did you say?
4: Or did you just want me to repeat it, how good you're doing on the music there? Maybe that years?
3: was it, but you legitimately did look away or something. But um, I I tried to test you on one of the bands that I played there. After uh, Liam Clancy's uh, song, The Orchard, uh, I played a song called November, November. And um, I did a little test for you And uh, by text. Do you know who this band is? And uh, you got it. Who was it? auto de fe folks Otto de wow. yeah auto de fe I was uh it's funny how I, I was going back and forth with a few lads uh, in a group last night and they were just uh, throwing mud against the wall on bands from the 80s and and that was one that uh, I had not heard for a long long time Otto de fe and uh, of course that is uh, one of their one of their better tunes right there but yeah great great old tune there
4: yeah yes indeed yeah no it's amazing the ones that you you can forget isn't it it is but, uh, absolutely yeah 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 we would have heard them on the on the airwaves for
3: sure and i have a bit of aslan lined up here as well later on in the show uh, ken um a bit, bit of that stuff going on as well so I'm sure I'm, I'm all over it here you're digging deep you're digging yeah, deep Digging well yeah. i also have dan and the farmers and combine harvester here later on in the show ken so might wait till some of the listeners kind of tune out for that one, but we'll see.
4: Was <laughs> that a special request?
3: It was a special request, yeah.
4: And uh, sending. Uh, I saw a picture of uh, you on 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 social media there with a, a signed Harry Kane uh, jersey. What's the crack with that?
3: Yeah, so that was um, a, a little. Well, first of all, the jersey was a gift uh, from um, uh, came from uh, my sister and her boyfriend. Um, we, um, we 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 went down to New York City with them a little while ago for Christmas a couple of years ago, and uh, they appreciated they, uh, they they appreciated that we joined them down there for that. And um, he's connected to somebody who works at Tottenham, uh, at Tottenham, uh, at, uh, Tottenham Soccer, uh, Tottenham Hotspur, um, as a business. And um, yeah, he got me a signed uh, autograph, photograph, and jersey, and I, I've been sitting on it for a while. It wouldn't even fit. Um, I, it, it, it wouldn't fit half of me now, to be honest. It was a an extra small jersey, so I didn't know what to do with it. I could never wear it. Could maybe wear it as like a ta- as one of those kind of uh, midriff yokes there, Kenny, or whatever they call them, <laughs> up over the belly button. But anyway, I put it into a frame, or Lorraine put it into a frame for me uh, for my birthday, and I got a little bit delayed. So uh, here we are. I now have uh, the proud owner of that. That'll be stuck up in the bar down below now. And,
4: um, I thought maybe in the bedroom, I thought maybe that's the place it'll be.
3: No, no, and no, I wouldn't, uh, no. won't, I won't put it there, no, no. Although, okay. I'd say you'll be putting Firmino stuff in there and, and, and Mo Salah. I'd say, you have Have you got the posters up on the roof uh, in your bedroom, maybe? So when you're lying um, on your back, you, you just know. look at them.
4: I'll tell you what, you're, you're after bringing back a memory of, uh, <laughs> of my childhood there in the bedroom and I had, I must have had every football team and team <laughs> you name it. it my wall—it was like a wallpaper. Uh, it was su- such that my mother, if they were having house parties, would bring some of the guests up to say, "Would you look at what this fella has done to the bedroom wall there?" <laughs> and the old Tom Tax mark—yeah, more holes in that wall, I tell you. Yeah, the Tom Tax—they didn't have the, the the
3: blue stuff, right? It was a great invention <laughs> at the time, and I—I uh, <laughs> I was the same. I think it was. um I believe I, I like I shoot magazine. I think is where we used to pull them all from, right? That's it. Oh yeah, wall to wall of Spurs players and stuff, and and then um, you are there there used to be this little thing that once a year you would get, and it had a little had a little table where you could put the name of the soccer team, and you could create you could create the the league standings as uh, every great. every Saturday after all the games had been played, you could move move your Spurs go up two spots, and Man City go back three spots, and Oh, it was a great little yoke all together. Definitely. We're winding back
4: the years there
3: for sure. We sure uh, sure are. Very true. We sure are. All right. Well, listen, we're about um, 20 minutes away here from um, hearing from uh, Paul Smith. But um, enough of us uh, bantering away here. Going to play a little bit of U2. And should we play a few songs here in a string, uh, Kenny? Got uh, Cedars of Lebanon lined up here. Maybe we'll play a bit of Cranberries and um, maybe a, a small bit of planet of as well. How does that sound? It sounds lovely. Well done. All right. Let's keep her going here.
10: Yesterday I spent asleep. Woke up in my clothes in a dirty heap Spent the night trying to make a deadline Squeezing complicated lives into a simple headline I have your face in an old Polaroid Tidying the children Clothes and toys. You're smiling back at me. I took the photo from the fridge. Can't remember what then we did. Haven't been with a woman. feels like for years. Thought of you the whole time. Your salty tears. This shitty world sometimes produces a rose. The scent of it lingers, but then it just goes Return the to
5: heart.
10: The worst of us are a long drawn-out confession The of us are geniuses of compression You say you're not gonna leave the truth alone I'm here, cause I don't wanna go home Child drinking dirty water from the riverbank Soldier brings oranges he got out from a tank I'm waiting on the waiter it's taking a while to come Watching the sun go down 11 Lebanon Like a lit cigarette, unholy clouds reflecting a minaret. You're so high above me, higher than everyone. Where are you in the cedars of Lebanon? Choose your enemies carefully, cause they will define you. Make them interesting, cause in some ways they will mind you. They're not there in the beginning, but when your story ends, gonna last with you longer than your friends.
4: Flavorful lager for your next gathering. Try a Guinness Hop House 13, 100% Irish-grown malted barley meets our famous Guinness yeast for a medium-bodied taste and a lingering finish. All the All way, the way from, from the legendary, legendary St. James's James Brewery, Brewery in Dublin. Find it straight from the keg, keg at, select at select pubs clubs, or in 500ml cans, cans Canada-wide. Canada wide. Just, Just look, look for the white for can. can. Guinness. Guinness. House 13. More hops, hops, more taste, more, more character. Ah, uh, it's a
3: familiar voice there, Kenny. I'll tell you. Uh, I don't know if you've been outside today yet. I, I just went out for a little while, but uh, it, it might be a day for that stuff on a patio. It's superb outside today here in Toronto. Yeah,
4: it is absolutely gorgeous, Mark. I was outside for the a uh, cup of tea this morning. And uh, before the program, as I was putting the final notes together, and it's just gorgeous. Can't wait to get in the pool after the uh, after the program here and have a wee cool down. Would be nice, and oh. then maybe maybe participate in a little beverage. Oh man! And uh, speaking of characters, by the way, um, I just wanted to give a shout out to Rory O'Donovan for organising the Brian Dolan Society there that, with the Chamber and the golf down at lakeview last week we had a great afternoon a little bit unfortunate i suppose that we all couldn't gather uh, afterwards but we we ran into each other back and forth across the course and uh there was i think five groups out which was brilliant to get that out and there'll be another outing coming up in august and uh, hopefully we can get a bigger group and then maybe organize where uh where we can all gather afterwards
3: yeah good good uh good job and, and you uh you carved out a nice smooth round of 80 ken i'm going i'm going to make sure everyone is aware that uh, that you can strike the ball there and uh, you took us all down with that that fine golf game of yours so congratulations on that and uh, that'll be reflected when uh, when Rory gets to the the serious job of handicapping people so that so that you're not walking away with all kinds of water for crystal that'll all be be uh, that'll all be controlled pal don't you worry about that as long oh, as, you're an
4: awful man. As long oh, as I am
3: around, there will be integrity in your handicap.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, lordy, lordy. Huh? <laughs> and uh,
3: hey, uh, uh, a great shout out there. I also want to do another shout out as well because uh, there's a couple of firsts for our show today. Um, my sister has um, has spread the good word and she has a couple of friends that she went to school with. Uh, one of them that runs a hotel up in Donegal uh, at the Central Hotel in Donegal, a lady by the name of Claire Riley. They lived right on the golf course, Kenny. They owned the golf course there in, in Abbey yeah, Leaks, and then yeah. and also another friend of hers, Margaret Ring, who uh, works at Telford's in Port Leash, which is a big electronics store, big appliance store, uh, very uh, very busy spot. We are being played live in the lobbies uh, and in the store in Telford's uh, up in in Donegal and in Port Leash. Just so you know, spread hey, that. Hello, huh? Hello to everybody. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, people are sitting in the lobby now, up in the Central Hotel, saying, "What are they talking about here?" A couple of lads in Toronto. There you go. That's that's fantastic. Have you been fantastic. up to the Great. Have you been up to the Central Hotel? Did you ever do any damage there that you want to declare to the owners uh, now that they're listening?
4: A bit like my handicap, Mark. I'd like to keep it a secret. <laughs> well done. Good call. Good call. <laughs> Good stuff.
3: Anything else going on on your end? Or are you just kind of uh, waiting for more tunes here?
4: Well, we're talking about golf. Unfortunately, Seamus Power missed the cut at three m, and uh, we won't say anything about me missing getting the pick in. No. myself and Mark are in a in a golf pool, and um, I'd say maybe the celebrations uh, on Wednesday at Liverpool might have <laughs> got in the got in the way there of me getting the pick in. So it didn't matter who I picked. Well. Yeah. Uh, if it if it makes you feel if it makes you feel
3: any better, I did get a pick, and the outcome for you and for me is the same because my pick missed the cut. I thought maybe Lucas Glover might give it an outlash lash this week. Anyway, I think instead he decided to go on the lash maybe on Wednesday and Thursday night, but uh, he's off the grid. So yeah, not a good not a good week. Anyway, we'll get back at it. We'll get back at
4: it next week. We'll be all right. Next week, yeah. I need uh, maybe a, a warning a little sooner than the Wednesday. What do you think? <laughs> I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, good. What, what have you lined up here? Is there now home farm song or something like that? No, I
3: don't actually. But I did ask uh, Paul. I'll play it when uh, maybe uh, when he's when he's going out. He he's a big fan of the Blades, apparently. Uh, oh, so yeah. I've got an old Blades tune lined up for him. But I'll I'll make sure he can listen to it. So I'll play that maybe uh, maybe afterwards. But um, I think what I might do is I play a little bit of. Um, you mentioned that um, uh, our good pal Damien is down there listening in uh, in um, in Nashville maybe we'll do a little bit of the Chieftains and Tom Jones and a Tennessee Waltz Ken how, how does that sound?
4: Oh, brilliant great track
3: right let's give it a go here
11: I was dancing with my darling to the tenor see who was when an old friend I happened to see introduced him to my garden and while they were dancing my friend stole my sweetheart from me I remember the night. Tennessee Walls. Now I know just how much I have lost. Yes, I lost my little darling. The night they were playing the beautiful Tennessee Walls. Just how much I have lost Yes, I lost my little darling The night they were playing
5: Christmas Party 77 Heartbeat like an earthly tremor Forever and ever First love stays with you forever Forever and ever First love stays with you forever and ever Heartbeat like an earthly tremor Forever and ever First love stays with you forever and ever To meet you Your father used to drop you off You'd step out of red cartina You look so pretty on those winter mornings forever, First love stays with you forever Forever and ever. First love stays with you forever and ever, and ever. You look so pretty on those winter mornings do you forever ever close your eyes for just one moment just go out to start of summer Still shining through the window And you were just about to blossom Forever and ever First love stays with you forever Forever and ever First love stays with you forever And ever You were just about to blossom Forever and ever
0: First love stays with you forever
3: There you go bit of saw doctors what would the show be without a bit of saw doctors and red cortina there's a man on the line now i believe that used to own a red cortina i think he's that old anyway i'm um, delighted to be joined on the line now by the man himself we've been talking about him here for a little while he's a general manager of home farm soccer club uh, development representative as well with the fai and uh, played a little bit of league of ireland soccer himself has played golf with Severiano Ballesteros. I don't know where it all ends here, Paul, but first thing I want to do, Mr. Smith, is get out of the way. What did you do on Wednesday? Did you celebrate your backside off here watching the uh, Liverpool win the Cup? I know you're a big Liverpool fan. Why don't we just get that out of the way first?
12: No, absolutely, Mark. And uh, Mark, it's great to talk to you. And uh, come here, hello to all your listeners over in, uh, in the Maple Leaf in Canada uh, to, <laughs> to connect with people outside the country. Um, you say about celebrating last Wednesday. I think it was the first Wednesday in January I started celebrating. <laughs> um, and it was just a pity we had to wait four and a half, five months to get the trophy. I suppose the inevitability, it was nearly like the Scottish Premier Premiership for many years where uh, it was either Celtic or Rangers. One of them would have been 28 points ahead and they would have given them the trophy by Christmas. So, come here. it was a huge anticlimax for us Liverpool fans because... Uh, I suppose the unit that is Liverpool at the moment is uh, is is a little bit unbeatable. I have suggested we get rid of Firmino and bring in Harry Kane. Mm. Um, I, I don't know. And De Bruyne as well. And I think that would probably make us very unbeatable. Uh, yeah. I don't think many would probably disagree with me about the Firmino statement. But there you go, Mark. Yeah, yeah. it's good to have it in the cabinet anyway. And from a Spurs supporter like your good self, um, I suppose I take that as a compliment. And I, even though it's probably great in you, and your life. But anyway, Mark, that's where we are.
3: Yeah, sure, listen. We did you a few fa- few favours this year. No, we, we doled you out the full six points this year. And we took four points off City. So you can thank me later anyway, you know. Oh, absolutely. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, no bother. Hey, listen. Paul,
4: Paul it's Ken here. And I, I have to say <laughs> that we have these little bets that go on, you know. And, and we put a pint on on the games. And I'm, I can tell you I'm still waiting on the two pints from him anyway.
12: Yeah. Be waiting well, a uh, well, I tell you. Obviously, you're talking about p i n t s when you talk about points. Uh, unfortunately, Mark needs more p o i n t s, as Ken. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> oh no! Here we go. Listen, yeah.
3: uh, Paul. Uh, seriously, thanks. Thanks for joining us. And you're um, very what I, uh, <clears throat> i was just wondering if maybe because I know you're currently uh, general manager of Home Farm, <clears throat> a lot of people, including Ken and myself, would have recalled home farm being uh you know regular um i I suppose league of ireland uh kind of just a competing team back in the uh, in the 80s and indeed in the 90s what's the story with with home farm right now where are they in the pecking order of things and maybe talk a little bit about your own journey to um with the FAI and, and how you ended up in the role that you're in and then we'll talk a little bit maybe about um about you know the current state of the game in ireland and maybe have a chat about jackie charlton but tell us about your own journey there as well and you played a bit of ball as well.
12: No, absolutely. It's a pity I have to stop talking about Liverpool because I could go on for a while, as you know. Um, but uh, now, here. joking aside, uh, lads, thanks very much for having us on. I suppose, uh, obviously, my journey in soccer started uh, in 1998-99 with the Football Association of Ireland. Um, and I know, obviously, an association like it, uh, you know, comes a lot of negative press and some bad press. But I'll be very honest with you, the time I spent, I spent the guts of nine, ten years in the association. Uh, and the time I spent there, guys, um, I would only have absolutely um, good things to say about the association. Like all companies, uh, like all government bodies, uh, they we got things wrong. Uh, but I suppose there was an admittance straight away, especially within the technical department. When you've got guys like uh my my original boss was brian as technical director when you've got people like that and then a pack of honor coming in on the back of brian as technical director uh honesty transparency was huge within the technical department at that time people knew exactly that there was a plan it was organized and we went and implemented different things and sometimes guys when we implemented them they didn't work but what do we do we didn't keep going we brought it back and we changed obviously what people see in the media about the association is uh, the bad stuff that we've seen over the, the last probably two years. Uh, now, longer than that, obviously, uh, a lot of people have been shouting from the treetops, including Brian Kerr, about different things that went on within the association and have, and have continued up to as recent as uh, April, uh, even within this year and different things that, that went on uh, with our April uh, 12 months ago. So, you know, you know, the association has had hard times brought on a lot of it to do with its 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 own people at times uh, at, at the higher end uh, within management and stuff. But um, at this moment in time, there has been a change in there. Has the change been for the better of football in on the country in the country? Uh, probably not. Uh, probably didn't go uh, as far as they could have went, and probably some would say should have went. Um, so from that point of view. Um, it would be watch this space, but again, um, I think they only just threw the cards up in the air uh, and basically it, it fell and just was different names in the boxes but the same same set of cards. So unfortunately, I don't think they've made enough change. I think more change will need to follow and hopefully common sense will prevail.
3: Would you have had much exposure, uh, Paul, to, uh, to Delaney himself over the years? Would you have known him? Um, would you say that, you know that the stuff that has come out kind of surprises you, you know, being involved with him and
12: knowing him perhaps personally? Well, I suppose the first first thing I would like to say is, uh, John Delaney was there in my time, obviously. Um, I suppose I got the first three to five years of his tenure as CEO. Uh, to be very honest with you, through my tenure in there over the nine, ten years, we probably went through a lot of C- CEOs uh, in 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 our time and mm-hmm. um, it's uh, it's it, it wasn't great as in you know there, there wasn't the leadership the leadership at times was good with different ceos but i suppose it was the longevity they it's not that they didn't last too long but some of them moved on to pastures new and different things like that and the person that brought me into home farm brendan menton whose dad brendan menton senior found was one of the co-founders of home farm football club uh, he reconnected with me before Christmas and the rest, as I'll tell you a little bit about in Home Farming's history. But um, looking at it, um, when I was there, um, I, I would say, I have to say, early early days with John uh, Delaney was very, very good, very positive. Uh, John was um, supporting uh, a, a an awful lot of different projects and programs. We would have been running out of the technical department at the time um, and was very, very helpful and supportive. Uh, he was a, he was a good politician, I suppose, for us as a governing body, and it was something mm. probably we needed at the time uh, for direction, uh, for just getting things done at government level as well. He was, uh, as I said, he was a politician of Irish soccer, um, but uh, to be honest with you, yes, um, it, I, it would be naive of me to say, "Oh God, it was all a shock to me uh, a year and a half, two years ago, when yeah. uh, well, not even eighteen months ago, when everything sort of hit the fan." Uh, absolutely, wasn't a shock. If I said it was a shock, I'd be probably the only one involved in soccer in the country to say that. Yeah. It was absolutely shambolic what went on. Yeah. And to be honest with you, lads, the one thing I would put it down to is probably greed. Um, the more you get, the greedier you get. And mm-hmm. that, that, for me, sums it up in a nutshell. And there was no need for it because the salaries being been paid uh, to different individuals, uh, and John would have been one of them, obviously, as the CEO. If you compare them to our German counterparts, you compare them to our Spanish or Italian counterparts in the game of soccer, it's unbelievable. Joachim, Joachim Loeb in the German coach is only on, uh, you know, probably a third of what we have paid coaches here in the past to come in. Uh, and it, it's absolutely, it, it's, the Irish job is a unique job, uh, as in even the management and the things as well. It's a very unique job. But when I see the prices and the different figures put on guys that come in here to do a job, uh, that really is if you if you space it out over the course of a 12 month period it's probably a two two to three month gig and i'm talking about the days and the months there yeah. some would say oh no it's all year round and it's 12 months of the year yes it is but if you if you were to concentrate it into how long it actually is it's not that long and um, and a lot of the guys that come in have people placed around in premier league grounds and games and they go and watch them and they make a phone call and different things so they have a network of people doing it so it's an awful lot of money for such a small country like ours, it's, especially when you consider we don't even have a professional league here mm-hmm. um, in the country. Now, people have argued with that and say, hold on, it is professional, Paul. But it's not professional in the way we would compare. Uh, if we compare like with like and population with population, we'd, we'd consider Denmark to be someone on a population basis like ourselves. We wouldn't have a professional league the way their professional league is run. Holland would obviously have a lot more people than us. But yet again, we've got a director of football in the football association from Holland, who has brought in a Dutch model to an Irish, uh, to an Irish system. Mm-hmm. So the Dutch model is not the answer for underage teams and different things like that when it goes League of Ireland at under 13, 15, and 17, because the Dutch, the Dutch solution. It's a Dutch solution to an Irish problem, if that makes sense. Yeah. And we do not have profe- as a professional league as the Danish and the Dutch. Uh, but having said that, you, the, your original question—sorry for going off piece there. Uh, your original question was John Delaney. I, I just think uh, the more power that came, the more greed that came, uh, the more people that were probably uh, bought off uh, in, in scenarios where uh, who, who then ultimately became huge supporters. Uh, sympathisers then when, when the you know what hit the fan who still sympathise to this day which I think is wrong because basically all, all has happened in that whole scenario was Irish football was absolutely Irish soccer was basically dragged through the mire and I tell you guys we still have a little bit to go to be pulled out of the mire because I'm sure knowing when people go to courts and different things like that there will be more stuff to come in mm, interesting are you um so home
3: farm? Tell us a little bit about how you, you got to the role that you're in right now, and um, you know Ken's very curious whether you actually got to kick a ball in the showgrounds or not, because he may have thrown he may have thrown something at you. He was a massive Sligo Sligo-Rover, Rovers Sliger Rovers fan growing up
12: there. Oh, great! Okay, so Ken, you're you're the one, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, no, Paul, that's a bit cheeky. <laughs> a bit cheeky. Uh, well, I'm not sitting beside you, so you can't have a swing at me. Um, come here. Yeah, no, absolutely. Did I ever get to play in the showgrounds? No. Uh, did I ever get to uh, bring teams to the showgrounds and different? Absolutely. A good friend of mine and a former colleague in the FAI, um, Niall Harrison uh, from Clifany, If That's our Cliftony. I can't remember that. Their... you're right. There's I know Niall here? well. Do you know Niall well? Uh, yeah, really. And I would have been a, a colleague of mine, so I would be aware of Sligo. Um, but as all dubs say, no matter what town you say or city you say, the best thing to come out of Sligo was always the road to Dublin. And it's an old one, but it's a goody, lads. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the whole farm. whole farm is a great one for me because I'll tell you why. It was it was an ex- as exciting as when I got offered the job in the FAI originally in 98, 99. Because it was, for me, and as a 51-year-old, um, my mom and dad, thankfully, are still with us, uh, 83 years of age, the two of them. But I always remember dad used to drive me up to training. Home Farm was my club from 1981 to 86. So I have huge happy memories of that place. And um, not much has changed, in fairness to the setup and different things. And um, the pitch is still there, the little stand beside it. There's a few extensions and different things have been added onto to the building. But I suppose the essence and the fabric of the club are still intact. Uh, Home Farm has probably dropped, um, you know, away from I suppose the, the dizzy heights of probably, probably now I'm just saying probably uh, the most successful schoolboy uh, and which they are now schoolboy schoolgirl club in the country. Um, so I suppose I've been tasked with the job to bring back I suppose not the glory days but just better times. Um, and with Brendan Menton, as I said earlier, Brendan's dad, Brendan Senior, uh, was a founder member of the club uh, with Mr. Siri. So um, Brendan is there. Uh, Brendan is now coming on to management within the club as well. Um, it, it was a mutual friend with Brian Kerr. Brian uh, and myself would still can't stay in contact uh, a lot. And so would Brendan Menton with Brian. So it was a call from Brendan to Brian one day and basically – Brendan said to Brian, what, what's Paul Smith doing? Is he involved in soccer still or is he involved with in a club? Uh, and my son, Sam, uh, was uh, is obviously playing soccer. He's just 15 years of age now. And um, Sam was playing with Belvedere uh, down the road, one of home farm's biggest rivals. Um, but uh, Sam has signed on the dotted line and come over to the Blue and White Hoops this season. I uh, wonder why. Uh, I paid him a lot of money to make the transfer happen. And... <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no. Sam is overplaying with us. But uh, Brian sort of said to Brendan, "Well, the easiest way is to find out, give call a bell." So that's how it all started. Uh, to be honest with you guys, they wanted me to come in as director of coaching, so I refused the job of director of coaching point blank. And they said, "Why?" And I said, "Can I have three weeks? Oh, to decide to whether you want to come in and no?" I said, "Can you give me three weeks just to walk around, have a look around?" just see what's going on in the club, see the coaches in, in action, uh, see the young players we have and different things like that, just see the workings of the club. So they said they would. I, I spent, I think I went around for a week, maybe two weeks in total, and I got back to them. So what I did was then I delivered a presentation on findings and whatever. So another meeting happened. So I suppose, guys, it's quite a funny one. I came up with a job spec for my own job uh, out of that uh, because I, I saw – where we were lack areas we were lacking in areas we were actually good in in some in some cases as well. But uh, you know, it, it's not about a root and branch change. I suppose it's it's trying to affect change in a way where people will come along on the journey, as I call it. I call it journey and project at different times, depending on who I'm talking to. Uh, and it is a journey of sorts. But I have to say. Uh, obviously, pre-COVID, I was in for about five to six weeks, um, and then uh, during COVID, gave me a lot of time with four months lockdown here, just like everyone else probably around the world, um, and it gave me time to, outside of my own work, uh, focus on home farm a little bit more. So within that time, I've created a curriculum and a syllabus uh, from our academy all the way through up to our under uh schoolboy uh, teams and schoolgirl teams. So from that point of view, it, lockdown for me was a huge positive with Home Farm. Um, and I suppose lockdown for many people, I, I akin it to, uh, it was the same storm for everyone. We were all in different boats. And the boat I was in, I suppose, for Home Farm was a very positive one because I could get this work done outside of my own work because my own work had stopped at that uh, for that particular length of time. And it's only really starting to get back in the next few weeks for me as well. So it has given me that time to, to focus uh, to To rewind the times to see where we're going, and we're back playing football now. And we're back training for the, for the last that. five, six weeks, um, and even in that time, I've added in. I think after yesterday, 17 new coaches, so 17 new faces into the club. Uh, I think we've added about four, five, maybe six teams, boys and girls, new teams into the club, and I think we're we're running off the mid twenties now of school boys, school girl clubs within the club. Uh, sorry, it'd be up to 30 actually, including the girls. So it's a big entity. It's a big challenge. Uh, but I suppose the challenge is made easier uh, from the buy-in of the personnel that are already in situ and the new people in. And I brought in people to head up the new academy. We closed the old academy down and we started again. I got great feedback there today. I think the old academy, we, we sort of closed it down. Uh, when we only probably had twelve or fourteen kids, I'm hearing now we haven't even advertised yet, lads, and we're up to the guts of forty kids or forty plus kids already, and we're only starting on August the eighth and a bit more time to go. So come here, there's good vibes, there's good energy in the club, there's positivity. It's always nice to tell a nice story, and it was one of the it was one of the coaches up there grabbed me during the week and just well didn't grab me. Sorry, I can't say that because then social distancing would have been breached. So he didn't grab me. He had a word with me. He did grab me, by the way. Uh, by the arm um, but he, he just sort of said Paul it's very positive what's happening in our club thank you very much and really? I just thought it was a lovely, lovely it was something lovely to hear when you're really trying hard to make a difference when someone just sort of says thank you yeah, great. his yep. last line was keep spreading the magic dust you spread. You, you've spread it so far because I think Home Farm is going to be great again ah, so great. it was a lovely thing to hear but again people are recognising that on the ground as well great validation yeah
4: that's brilliant, Paul. And you have a story. I mean, history with with home farm. I mean, you were linked to the the blue half of Liverpool with Everton for years, and then Leeds United and Portsmouth. Are you, are you making connections again for for you know players and potential pros to move across the water?
12: Well, it's funny you should say that. Uh, there's an ethos, and uh, we we're actually at this moment in time coming up uh, and formulating our final ethos within the club and home farm. Um, it all sounds great when you link in with a club uh, in England, but that's not... As I say to our coaches, uh, Ken and Mark, um, 99, nine, no matter what way we think of it, 99% or 99 point whatever percent of the players that go in our gates and home farm, go in our gates with other clubs in the area, local neighbours, different clubs as well, 99% of them will never make professional soccer players. Yeah. So we have to be do the best for these uh, boys and girls we have to create a good learning environment where they will develop not only as athletes and, and football, soccer players, but they'll also develop as, as human beings with, 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 uh, just, just with the, with the, the honesty, uh, the transparency that I talk about with respect, uh, and it's a social, uh, we, we're, we're socially inclusive. We're not exclusive. And unfortunately some underage clubs are, uh, it's, it's to, uh, you know, it's, it's everything our post uh, with it uh, on that level. Will we be linking in with certain clubs? Uh, that was one thing I was going to say to our Canadian listeners there today as well. I'd love to be linking in with colleges. I'd love to be linking in with clubs all over the world. Will we get into, into a partnership or a collaboration with one or two English clubs? I don't see the need for it because if there's a kid good enough, the kid will absolutely find their way with our help. I very much am looking towards Home Farm to become a more of an educational club uh, with offering scholarships, linking in with colleges in Ireland uh, to develop that further and linking in with colleges through the States and through Europe as well. Because let, as I say, if we're catering for the 1%, or it's not even 1% guys, that, uh, to be honest with you. So if, we're, if, we're, if we are concentrating on the point whatever percent with English clubs and different things like that, what we're missing is the 99 point whatever percent. So we are in this for the majority. Uh, we are in this uh, to be an an inclusive club, as opposed to be an exclusive club. If that makes sense. Good man.
4: Good man. Uh, very well said. Very well said, Paul. And you know, people you know may not realise just that small small percentage. Now, in fairness, home farm have, uh, have put through their their club many big names, the likes of Johnny Giles and and. Uh, Ronnie Whelan, uh, Kenny Cunningham. My gosh, if you go down the list, it's pretty impressive. Liam Brady, Richard Dunn. Holy smokes, it's amazing the amount of players. And even one, Paul, we'd have to say that Mark even might remember played for Home Farm before. Steve Archibald. Oh,
12: Steve Archibald. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, Mark you could do it. As, you could definitely do it. as Steve Archibald up there with Harry this year.
3: Oh, Every time you do- open the door, Ken, he walks right through it.
4: Come on. <laughs> Paul, what do you make of uh, what do you make of the play now, or about to get the season underway in the League of Ireland uh, this coming weekend? Um, you know, how do you see the, the the season shaping up? Is it is it kind of just a couple of teams that are going to start running away with this? We we kind of talked about the you know the Scottish and the and the English leagues. You know, who who do you yeah. see uh, as an up and coming team here that could do some damage to the lads at the top?
12: I don't, Ken. I'm sorry to say, I don't. Uh, I don't see the the big two, which it'd be obviously our friends up the road here in Dundalk, and our other friends on the south side of the city, uh, southwest side of the city in, in Tallaght, in Shamrock Grovers. I don't really see that mould being broken. And I suppose uh, Bohemians, Bohemians. Uh, in fairness to Longer, uh, there, Keith Long, the manager there, Keith has uh, Keith has some great principles in place and some, but he's probably still shy a few players. Uh, and uh, Bowes might be, you know, might be one to, to sort of keep an eye out on. But to be honest with you, Ken, I suppose the divide—it's a little bit, as we said—you did say, mentioned the Scottish Premier and the English Premier, but in Ireland, uh, you know, you're looking at Dundalk, you're looking at you're looking at Shamrock Rovers. Uh, you know, it'd be lovely to see a Cork City come strong again, uh, but Cork are, have their own demons as well, guys. The pandemic will have will have a huge effect on clubs. There's no doubt about that. And to be very honest with you, it is great to see that clubs actually are returning to action because a fear for me uh, in the League of Ireland, Ken, would have been that uh, some clubs would have actually gone to the wall. Uh, Now, maybe there's some people around the country going, Jesus, Paul, we're going to go to the wall. We are going to the wall, but we're going to fulfill our fixtures and whatever, but they mightn't return next season. I hope, I'm not saying I want to, I'm forecasting that will happen, and I hope, I really hope it doesn't happen because we need to keep our league as strong as we, we possibly can. But Ken, I suppose the biggest thing for me is when you have Dundalk and Shamrock Rovers and I, I would sort of put Bohemians on their coattails a little bit and Derry City have shown glimpses but without consistency. Uh, what I would say to you is, is that uh, when money comes into the game and qualifications for Champions League uh, you know, and money comes in through that avenue for these clubs, they're just able to eke out it, it, and more distance between. It's it's really a us and them situation and you know, in all fairness, you, 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 in our league, which is a very, very small league in, in actually participants, you probably have a three, four-tier league system nearly. You know what I mean? So it's right. for such a small league, it's just a pity that we don't have more strength. Uh, but unfortunately, it is a little bit uh, rich getting richer and the poor get a shade poorer as well. You know, But I'm, I'd be hopeful, you know, I'd love to see a slide go on. I'm not just saying it because you're out. Sligo, a few years back, were playing beautiful football. They were easy yeah. on the eye to watch. Uh, I've seen them down against Strader United a few years back, and I just went, that's the way football should be played. Um, not nine times out of ten, you go along to some games, the ball is in the air. Sligo got it down, played it around beautiful. But like everything, it costs money to get those type of coaches in, that, that, that coach that way. It takes money to get those type of players to go out and implement a really good coach's plan on the pitch as well. So I do feel sorry for clubs like that. I mentioned Rotherham United probably eight or ten years ago, guys. They were playing football. They were playing football that could match anything in the, in the Scottish Premier. And they would have been probably lined a very close third to the top two if Celtic and Rangers had been going at it like the half over the last season or two as well. So they were really good. Paul Doolin was the manager there at that time. But guys, there was money. There was a general manager in there. There was a structure. There was a great coaching team uh, with them in there, Paul Doolin. And then when that goes and maybe money goes, uh, the crash happened, different things like that, it just goes and that's it. Look at Shelburne as well, another sleeping joint of Irish soccer as well. So, Premier, there are clubs, Ken, hanging in behind the front two or three, but it's just really, it's 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 the same as everything, guys, and after this pandemic is over, people are keeping their powder dry at the moment, sponsors and different things, so they are really looking to see who what's the next cab off the rank that we can get in and support. But, they need to support them over a longer periods of time it's sort of splash and dash at some stages in the league of Ireland big sponsors come in the big sponsor goes and then that club fails uh, for the next four or five seasons and tread water mm. uh, so there needs to be consistency and there needs to be longevity in sponsorship deals going forward quit man
4: that's fair, and I see you mentioned Bose there. I see they got some good news oh, and announcement today oh, that uh, if they do have the home fixture for their European uh, qualifier, they will yeah. be playing it at the Aviva. Um, yeah. So yeah.
12: And, and what I can, what I do is, what I would encourage there is as well. Please God, this happens, and I'd love every football fan, no matter what, no matter what color you wear uh, in the League of Ireland, to fill the Aviva that evening, and because people might say you're going oh, geez, I wouldn't support them, and I wouldn't. It's not about that. It's important Irish soccer. That's what yeah. you're doing here. It's yeah. supporting the game yeah. that we love in this country. And by the way, the soccer is the top sport in the world. Like, don't quote me, but I think it's 2.6 billion play soccer in the world, followed by cricket at 1.7 billion or 1.8 billion, right? So we are enthused by the game, and it's the biggest game in the world, and it's, a, it's an educational game. Uh, it's a scientific game. And that's what I'd encourage every Irish supporter. If polls are in the Aviva, let's fill the place. Let, let's get it rocking. Let's support Irish. Because you know what? If Cork City are up there the next year, if it's Sligo like Rovers, if there's a Shamrock Rovers, as Irish soccer fans, we should be supporting those. And that's how we build our game. Bringing people together. Getting knights in the Aviva. Imagine a Bohemian side going out in a European match and maybe beating... Not saying one of the top-notch sides because of it's a it's a preliminary, it's qualification that We're beating a side in Europe and getting to the next stage. Shelburne nearly pulled that dream off against Deportivo La Coruña. So yes. Why can't any other Irish team do it? And and let us get out and support if that happens. I'm fingers crossed it does, lads. Uh, you... I agree with
4: you. Well done. Well said. Uh, you're spot on.
3: Paul, you're you're great for doing this, pal. Thank you very much and um very insightful always great to get the insight from or get the inside track on these things you know from the outside it's very very easy to make assumptions about certain things uh but some some great insights that you shared very very much appreciate you coming on the show and um hopefully we can stay in touch here as well and um and and check in with you and wish you the best of luck with home farm there definitely
4: uh, uh, the
12: can, I say, can i just say a couple of things because just the last two things i'll say I'll say them quickly you did say about the Charlton years, and I'd love to come yeah. on and talk a little more. Please, God, some time on that or whatever. But I always remember just the Charlton years for me. It was uh, per, uh, who's, who's since he, and he's he gone as well from us, Bill O'Harely, uh, when we were having those great times in Italian 90, the World Cup in 94. I always remember the great lines from Bill O'Harely about the Charlton years, and it was a game... It was one of the games in the um, in the '94 when George uh, or Little Harley came out about the cacophony of sound and the kaleidoscope of color, and that was Jack Charlton, that was <laughs> yeah. years. Uh, well <laughs> done, well done, good stuff, Paul. Listen, Mark. Mark yeah, thank you very much, and to your listeners, have a great weekend. And Please God, we catch up soon. I have the blades line. I have the blades
3: lined up for you here, pal, and down market. So when you when you push uh, leave meeting on that Zoom meeting, tune right in. The blades are coming up
12: here, pal. Well done. Come here. Keep it coming. Have a great weekend, guys. See you, Paul. All the best,
4: Paul. Thanks a million.
12: Bye, bye, Mark.
5: There's not too many choices With the problems of the nation I'm waiting at an airport I'm waiting at a station I'm standing at a bus stop
3: All right, very good. There's the blades, uh, Ken, and uh, that's for uh, Paul Smith, um, and that's down market. I'll tell you, uh, he could talk for Ireland, but he's an interesting chap. That was a great interview, so that's uh, fantastic. He certainly
4: um, could. You took the words out of my mouth there, um, definitely. But uh, but brilliant to have him on there. You could uh, you could do another hour with him for sure. So
3: listen, we're switching gears here a little bit. Uh, we're switching from uh, soccer over to uh, Irish dancing and an accordion maestro on the line here, the man himself from the wee county, County Louth, Pat King joins us here, a legend in the town. How are you, Pat? Good morning.
13: How are you doing, Ken? How are you doing, Mark?
3: Ah, very good. Very good. Great great to hear your voice. Great show, to, great show today. Good well man. Yeah. Come here. How are you holding up here with this whole pandemic? You, yes, you're surviving, obviously.
13: What, the little flu? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah no i surviving all right Joe. You know, but it was like oh my god going stir crazy for a while i'm back working uh going out to peterborough every day you know and back in and out you know, just driving in and out but at least to get you out of the house i ah. was like i don't know i think it was depressing at the time you know it was like it was nice to get a break from some things but yeah. you know there's no travel and And uh, just little things, I was supposed to play for the World Championship this year in Dublin, and I kind of, I was looking forward to that, because I hadn't put in my name since I started voting on it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, myself and my uh, main uh, piano player, Brian Grant, great great musician here from Burlington, we put in for the world, we got accepted, we were all looking forward to it, and then, you know, but then of course COVID hits, you know?
3: Uh, Pat, how many worlds have you played at uh, at this stage now?
13: Because you're, well, you're well-traveled at this stage, aren't you? Yeah, no, the worlds I played probably about 20 of them, you know, oh, uh, wow. way back. The, actually, the first time I ever played for an Irish dancer was at the World Championships in 73. And where was that? <laughs> in uh, in the Mansion House in Dublin. In what in happened the- was uh, one of the one of the commission members asked me a month beforehand, and I was like 18, 19, whatever, at the time, and he asked me a month before, he said, would you like to play for the World Championship? I said, sure. I'd never played for a dancer before. And I said, what do I need to do? He said, well, you have to la- learn off 32 set dances and you have to learn all of this and all. So I did it, all vim and vigor, you know, and I did it and then just fell in love with the whole thing and I've been involved with it ever since I met my wife through it. Yeah. That's, uh, I don't know if you know Rose Fear, and she's like a world-renowned Irish dance teacher from Toronto here, the fear Fiona Connors School. She's got so many world champions and all that. And she's well thought of in the, in the dancing community around the world, so.
4: And I, I met all
13: my friends through it. I met my wife, as I said,
3: so. Well, my you wife, see. my wife Lorraine is a graduate of the Rose and School. Just so you know, Pat. So, um, show Lorraine who.
13: Lorraine,
3: Lorraine Morley. Oh
13: my God! No, <laughs> there you go. They were one of the old crew, and they were great. They were great days. All those girls, all the Morley girls, and the mother and father—lovely people and all. So it's just.
3: You know. Oh, they—they were the ones that advocated for getting you on the show. Just so you know, you can thank them
13: for putting you on That's the spot right. here. I'm, I'm surprised they're talking to me after I put that crack about Mayo on Facebook a few weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> the good thing is they've got a great
3: sense of humour, especially with that yes. kind of stuff. Especially yeah, with that um, kind of stuff. Kathy needed a good sense of humour. She's living with John, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> are you, um, are do you, do you find that with um, with the pandemic now and not having any events really to go to, Pat, that you that you, you kind of, you somewhat forget about the uh, uh, about the instrument at all, or do you just have, is it an addiction?
13: I don't know if you saw it on Facebook in the beginning, what we were doing, myself and Brian Grant, we were doing some songs, you know, it Loves so the Wild Grace and all that kind of stuff, yeah. during the pandemic, and uh, we played a few tunes, but not much, but uh, yeah, and then I, I actually picked it up this morning and put it on me for the first time probably in about a month and a half. Hmm. And uh, it's just, I completely forgot about it because, you know, like life happens and you're doing your work and whatever like that. I get, as I said, I'm driving in and out to Peterborough every day. So that's, you're tired when you get home, you
3: know. Yeah, yeah.
13: And uh, I just didn't bother with it. So now I kind of got a little, because I picked it up this morning, now I want to do some more with it. Now, so. Yeah. Now, Pat, when, when,
3: when did you move When did you move to Canada? What's your story or how did you land in this place?
13: Uh, I came out here playing for a troop of Irish dancers in 1973. Mm. And uh, on a tour and uh, the tour didn't happen when we got here it was uh, it was kind of like screwed up you know but anyway we had a good time here and all my relatives on my mother's side are all in Canada my mother lived in, in Montreal as a baby yeah and uh, this kind of stuff so they're all in Canada so I just love the place and got a bit of wanderlust so I moved out here in 74 September 74 wow okay so 46 years here this year good man before. yourself but I was, I actually, I was supposed to play a fish in uh, Phoenix a few weeks ago. Right. And, yeah, so anyway, a good friend of ours, and she was running the fesh. She ended up having to cast it because of the spike in the virus in the down there because nobody's taking it serious out the border. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then I thought, nah, you no, know I can't do this. So I called her and I told her I wasn't happy with it. But anyway, I sent in a, I sent in a note to the Border Patrol in June to see, uh, would I be able to travel? Yeah, and about two days ago, they told me yes, but the flesh was like on the eleventh of July. So anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> at that time, I decided no, nah, I'm not going. So. <laughs> a little late with the notice. It was yeah, it was slightly. It says you'll have a reply within five days, but they didn't mention which five days they were. You know, so. <laughs> come, come here, Pat.
3: The um, the accordion. Uh, I, I'm interested in in your opinion. I mean, you know, m- music is in. Uh, you know, music is obviously in general incredible. Is is the accordion a uh, a bit of a forgotten instrument with the younger people uh, that are coming up in, in the music ranks? Or like are, are you are, are you uh, are you still seeing that that uh, that a younger a younger musician will pick up an accordion and try to learn it? Or are they moving towards maybe more of the more I suppose popular instruments? because is it, is it associated a little with a little bit as a, an older kind of form of music? Or do you think it's still very popular?
13: No, it's not, because you're known as a geek if you play it, you know? so <laughs> that's, uh, It was always like that, you know? It's like, I don't really tell people I play because I say I play music, you know? And if they, they ask me and they really push for it, I'll tell them it's accordion, but, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> and then you get, you, you get these looks from people. And then I say, to them, what instrument do you play? And they say, no, I say, well, then, okay, leave that alone then, you know? <laughs> but uh, but in Ireland now, we the tried music, because remember, tried people are very... Uh, Ooh, you know, like the the piano accordion is known as heavy artillery with like them. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if, if it goes beyond buttons on an accordion, it's uh, it's not accepted, you know.
3: Yeah, yeah,
13: yeah. But I uh, eh, do you know what? It's just this is what I play and I enjoy it, and sometimes good. I enjoy it, sometimes I don't, you know. But it's. Like, and you're very at good that, at it.
4: Yeah. And I I don't even know if Mark knows this story, but I'm probably opening myself up to something here, but. <laughs> when I was when I was a young fella and in, in the school band, and they wanted to know who'd be playing an instrument, and um, at the time, of course, I didn't play one. But the mother said that uh, my uncle had played the accordion, and that there was one at the house. So that's ended up what I what I ended up playing in the school band was the accordion. So I guess I'm Uh-oh. I'm a geek as well. But it's a long oh, I'll time you,
13: ago. I tell you, I see we had the Delosall School I went in in Dundalk had a, a marching accordion band, and. Uh, brother Richard was the teacher, he was great, I loved the guy but uh, my mother wanted me to be an altar boy and I didn't want to be an altar boy and so the altar boys practice and the band practice were at the same time and I was playing triangle in the band at around six year old and my mother said well you're not going to play, I I said I want to be in the band not the altar boys and she said well you're not playing triangle, you play accordion and I said okay (laughs) anything anything not to become an altar boy so anyway (laughs) that's that's the true story Anyway, so she got it. And then she took me to this old lady, Mrs. Bradley, who used to teach, and she would charge a shilling for a bag of coal. That's and she was brilliant, brilliant teacher. She taught the old you know Liam Riley from Bagatelle and all that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she she taught Liam as well, and Liam and I grew up together. And he won the All Ireland nine times in a row on the piano and this kind of stuff. I won the All Ireland on the accordion, and it was like. But she was just a brilliant teacher, this old lady. And uh, so then we went to the Gaelic League in Dundalk, and then um, got into the trad music and all that kind of stuff. But. Uh, it really, I didn't want to be an altar boy, and that's why I ended up playing the accordion. Uh, Brilliant. <laughs> if it had been a saxophone band, I'd be playing saxophone now. So. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, listen, um, Ken, I don't know if I told you this, but I, I went offline with Pat, and I asked him if he'd have the box there. And uh, just, uh, just so you're aware, Pat, we've never done this before. We've never used the Zoom meeting to see what the quality of the instrument might be like. But um, we're, if you were willing to give it a go, we're willing to listen and give it a crack. And uh, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure it'll be fine, but, um, you, have no but you have no choice but to listen. <laughs> all right, so you, you've got her there on the on the shoulders, ready to go, do you?
13: Okay, here's a little uh, reel called "The Stride." It was written by Winnie Haran from Solo, South Philadelphia. She's a New Yorker, but uh, used to play for all of them dancing too. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, but any, like if
10: it, that mistake that I made at the end,
4: you can just say that that oh, was because of Zoom, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. That's month. brilliant, Pat. And I, I, I have to give a shout out. I, we had heard from one of our listeners when when they saw the notice going out that you were on. Curry Mortimer, uh, she said she danced to your music, and now her young daughter is dancing to to your music there at uh, one of the last fashions down there in Ottawa. So you've been uh, around okay. a while, Pat.
10: Oh,
13: I have. I do want to play for them all, you know. So it's been actually a great journey. I enjoyed it. I just loved it. I just loved playing for the kids. And the whole camaraderie around the dancing was fantastic. Over the years. It, was just, it was just a great, it was more of a, actually a, a hobby than yeah. a job, you know.
4: Yeah, Yeah.
13: good man. Well, you wouldn't want to do it for a job for the money in it. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: I suppose you've got to, to go to some interesting places as well, um, Pat. What, what have been some of the kind of more unusual places maybe where you've gone to a fetch?
13: Well, I uh, well I, I play. I'm the kind of the local musician in Mexico. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I only played three festivals this year. By by this time, normally I would have be beat twenty festivals in or something. And it was Phoenix in January, then uh, Mexico City in February, and Amber O'Donnell's fest in uh, Markham or in Scarborough in March, and then the virus hit. But Mexico City, I, as I said, I'm like the local musician in Mexico. I was the first one ever to play down there. There's <laughs> hundreds of dancers down there, and they love their Irish dancing, you know?
4: Wow. And how how does that come about, Pat, with, with Mexico? What's the connection? Just some Irish immigrants
13: there? And, no, and no, kind of cool? actually, the first one to do it, you know, Alicia Mosey was the original teacher. Actually, one of them, uh, Miriam, she danced for Alicia. She now lives in Toronto. She moved up. She always wanted to live in Canada. I don't know why. But anyway, I'm jokingly, I'm talking about snow, you know, and heat, whatever. But anyway, so Alicia Mosley, she was a ballerina and she went and saw Riverdance. And of course, Riverdance, it was good for dancing and it was bad for dancing because it brought in all different nationalities and it it made it into a big thing. But then it also kind of, I don't know, it destroyed a lot of schools because a lot of the good dancers left too young, you know, to join the show because they were making good money. Right. Uh, But she saw that and then she started, she wanted to teach Irish dance and she got, uh, she got a teacher from a Dublin girl from who lived in uh, San Antonio to come in and help her. And then she took her exam, and now she's an adjudicator. And now she has spawned, like, 20 different schools in Mexico. She was the grandma of the whole thing. And they loved her dancing down there. And then there's a very nice girl. She's from Calgary, and she teaches down there. And I do her fish every year, and I do the fesh in Mexico City. And I, I used to do it. It was beautiful. For about 10 years, it was in Acapulco. In February, lovely. Oh yeah, and I always missed you know the army shoveling up here and all this kind of stuff. I was always down in hundred and twenty degrees down there for <laughs> yeah, and then it got too violent. So in Acapulco, so they moved it to Mexico City. Think oh, about that one. So yeah, anyway. yeah indeed, my gosh. <laughs> but I used to do Australia, New Zealand, and all that. was too far away. It's just yeah. too remote, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I like playing in North America. I haven't played more. I haven't played much. I played some in Scotland. I played one or tw- once or twice in England, and a few times in Ireland. But mostly, it's all North America. So, yeah, good. Yeah. All right, Pat, you're a
1: champion.
3: Well, thanks for doing this.
13: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks. Oh, by the way, you said something the other day. I think it was Mark. Uh, Loath for Sam. Do you mean a Sam McGuire? I do, of course. Yeah. What are they doing? They must be doing a promotional tour with the cup or something, isn't <laughs> it? <laughs>
3: Hey listen I, I come from another wee county that has gone through a drought for many many years as well and uh, I will tell you though your your boys your poor lads got got shafted there uh, many many years ago in a, in oh, the yes. Leinster final be. and that's unforgettable yeah, no. and uh, almost la- unforgivable the last time we won it Dermot O'Brien was the captain wow yeah and, and I played uh yeah oh my god 57 to beat cork <laughs> 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 that's all right listen you know you, you live to wish right that's it exactly yeah. exactly
13: yeah. when it does happen there'll be a big celebration in the wee county that's for sure by the way just very quickly my favourite one was in 19 they won it three times they wanted it to beat uh, Antrim in 1912 mm-hmm. and in 1910 they won it with a, uh, a walkover because Kerry refused to turn up because the railway wouldn't give reduced fares to their supporters <laughs> <laughs> there you go Oh, take it whatever way you can
3: get it, pal. Take it whatever way you can get it. Yeah, Exactly. All right. Good stuff.
13: Thanks, Pat. Thanks for doing this. Wonderful. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Ken. Really appreciate it. All right. That's great. I know I can watch your podcast anywhere in the world on a Saturday morning. Absolutely. Keep her going. Thanks, lads. Thanks, Pat. Thanks a million, Pat. Kenny, I'm going to play uh, The High
3: Kings here and uh, appropriately called uh, The Music Makers here. Beautiful,
0: I was a lad, I had music in me. My father remembers it fondly to be. He said I had rhythm before I could walk. All his hard songs last, though his time has passed. the music makers Just well I remember her singing to me The sweetest of voices there ever could be My mother's keepsake, it's plain now to see Was her secret key, her beautiful melody Well, song, song for me and for you and forever together with the music makers.
14: A traveling piper, that was his trade. They danced at the crossroads to the music he made. The fire on gold's gone now, but his legend survives. They are his tunes today distant pipes still play.
0: We share a voice with the great volunteers a legacy carried we're proud to be
14: here Gifts that they gave us, we now give to you. So, for one last time, before we say good night, lift your hearts and sing with us one strong voice to raise you up.
3: any that was the uh, the high kings and appropriately the music makers um pat king Oh, uh, lovely lovely interview lively character uh, huh
4: yeah brilliant you know i've seen pat around uh, around the town over the years and um never really chatted to pat but certainly enjoyed his music and and just thought it yeah great character look forward to having pat back on the program again mark
3: absolutely let's definitely do that now speaking um
4: speaking of um sorry Go ahead. I was going
3: to say to you, uh, um, I wanted to chat a little bit about some guests that we have lined up for next week, pal.
4: Yeah, we already have in the bag. Um, I, you know, most of our listeners, well, they may know that uh, sadly we're losing Ambassador Jim Kelly. He's uh, moving on to a uh, new role and we uh, we will have Ambassador Jim Kelly on next week. He will be saying his, his goodbyes to the community at least in that sense, from us, and um, you know, it's uh, it's too bad that we we can't gather. Although there's there's talk of maybe some small gathering just to uh, to, to say goodbye to to uh, Jim, but um, Jim will be on the program next week along with uh, our pal Johnny B Broderick, and uh, Johnny, of course, is a, is a songwriter. And Mark, I have to tell you. Johnny sent me out his CD of all his songs that he wrote. Yeah. And uh, uh, there's classics on it now, I'll tell you. We will be playing plenty from that next week. Uh, Johnny is, is the manager of Sean Keane and, and got Sean on the program there a few weeks ago. He was brilliant. And Johnny is a character himself. So looking forward to chatting him to him next week as well. Super. Brilliant. All right,
3: pal. Well, listen, uh, it's a gorgeous day out there. I know that we have listeners probably listening in places where the weather isn't as nice. Uh, but you and I are looking out at a beautiful uh, sunny day here. And it's um, we've got the itchy feet. But um, listen, 12.26, I'm going to go out here with a couple of tunes. that We won't drop her dead here at uh, at, uh, at um, 12.30. Um, so, But you can drop off, pal. I'll play the tunes out here and uh, go and enjoy the rest of your day. That little swim, uh, I'm sure, uh, will feel very good. And whatever libation is in order just after that will probably taste quite good. So I uh, I had notions of going on a bit of a bike ride now, so I might back off that a little bit. Oh, you
4: don't want to be exposing yourself to that heat, Mark. Now take it easy. Maybe I'll bike up to the Galway Arms. (laughs) There you go. That's an idea indeed. All right. Very good. All right, Kenny. Listening, folks. Thanks, Mark. Great job on the music and uh, and the interviews there. And we'll chat to you next week. Slan. Same to you, pal. Here's Aslan and Crazy Word.
5: All the same, yeah? I have traveled through so many times, don't know why, don't know where, don't care less it's all the same, yeah. So, how can I protect you in this? Crazy world, it's all right. Yeah, it's all right. Can you hear the sound of nothing? Nothing. Nothing's right. all the same Love is blind Love is real Don't you know that love Is what you feel It's all Waiting at the station
10: Waiting for the right moves
5: Waiting in the basement Waiting for the right cues Waiting in a daydream Waiting in the slipstream
14: Waiting Waiting in the right bars
5: Waiting in the right shoes Waiting in a fast car In the airports Waiting for my air miles Waiting in slow motion Coming through the turnstiles And if you ever change your mind You know I'm not hard to find And if you ever need someone I'll still be waiting Waiting with the orphan That success brings waiting in the half waiting through your whole life, waiting for an ideal, a low deal, a no deal, to play your stereo.
3: Was uh, the Devlin's uh, a band from Newry in County Down and they, um, uh, a song called uh, Waiting? All right, folks, so I'm going to sign off here. I will play a couple of tunes here to go out. Hopefully, you can join us all next week, same time, same place, uh, 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time at uh, www.mixlr.com forward slash Chole August Crack. And uh, if there are parts of the show that you missed, uh, we will have it uh, published at our website www.saturdayirishradio.com uh, we've also we'll also be putting a link there that you can listen to the show directly from the website as well all right let's go out here with a couple of our favorite Irish tunes here here's a Leitrim tune uh, we have um, a lot of Leitrim listeners here so here's a Larry Cunningham song everybody knows lovely Leitrim and then we'll go a Daniel O'Donnell song uh, Pretty Little Girl from Oma. Sláinte everybody thanks for joining us.
15: Last night I had a pleasant dream, I woke up with a smile. I dreamt that I was back again in dear old Aaron's Isle. I thought I saw Loch Allen's banks in the valleys down below. It was my lovely... From where the Shannon waters flow I stood enchanted by the scene Of grandeur and light I headed off for carried Town Before the dark of night I passed she moored that fairy hill where flowers widely grow And I saw a grave of thin cool Where the shattered waters flow The next I saw was Faina town With her ancient and walls Where the preaching of her holy monks Re-echoes through her I stood with reverence on the spot, reluctant far to go From the town of Saints and Sage's square the shadow was slow. I have travelled far through these great lands from the east on to the west. But of all the islands I have seen, I love my own the best. And if ever I return again, there's one place I will go. It will be to love the little land,
5: the shattered waters flow.
14: Up In the north, in Old Tyrone, there's a pretty little girl I call my own. She's the sweetest rose Ireland's ever grown. And sure as the moon and stars above, I've fallen head on the heels of heels in love with a pretty little girl from Oma in the county of Tyrone. There's cute little girls in Old Strabane, they're just as pretty in morning This to every role that I has known. But I guess that I'd be out of bounds cause there between the north and south, there's a pretty little girl from Oman in the county of Tyrone. She wears my ring, and tells a friend she's going to marry me. Best of all, she tells them all she's happy as can be. Oh, lucky me! Well, I. All the yellow dress she wore She strolled along the shore there All alone But I guess it was my lucky day She came there on holiday My pretty little girl from Oma In the county of New She wears my ring Tells them she's going to marry me Best of all, she tells them all She's happy as can be scared from Oma in the county.